Okay, good luck. Tonight is the anniversary passing of the Amarash, who taught us that uh, even when the world sends, when the world says, you cannot go, only if you can't go under an obstacle, try to go over the obstacle. The Amarash says, I say go straight over. So, usually we think about this idea of going straight over as having to do with obstacles from without, obstacles from within, to go press forward and not to pay attention to uh, the things that get, in our, that get in our way of serving Hashem. But going straight over also means to go above our, our own um, selfish desires and to focus on what Hashem wants. The famous story of the B'ditshev Rebbe, I believe it's, it's B'ditshev, needed a esrik and it was almost sukkahs. And he told his chassidim to stand on the streets, on the outskirts of Berdichev, to try to find maybe someone traveling who had an esrik. And the chassidim are there looking for somebody, and unfortunately, they're there for a long time, they can't find anybody with an esrik. Until finally, one guy's passing by, and he says that, uh, yes, he has an esrik. So Rav Levitz told him that he please he stay in Radichev and, and spend sukkahs with them because um, they only they only they ain't asking and, and uh, if, if you do them a favor and hang out with them and stay with them for the yontif. So the man says he doesn't want to stay with them because he's has been home in a long time, his family's waiting for him, and he really wants to go home. And his chassidim, they offer him money. The Chavavah offers him various blessings. He's like, no, I, I need to go home. It's time to go home. So finally, the Chavavah says to him, if you stay here for Yantiv, I promise you, that, that when the time comes, you and I will be together in heaven. So that's something he couldn't refuse. Being with the Chavavah and Gan Eden, what a, what a promise. He said, okay, I'll stay. So he stayed in Medichev, but the Medichev Rebbe told his Chassidim that, told everyone in town, quietly, secretly, that no one should let him, uh, let this man into their sukkah. So the night of sukkahs came, this guy is without a sukkah. So he went from, he didn't know what was going on, he went to one sukkah, hi, he just wanted to uh, join your, your sukkah. No, you can't go stay in our sukkah. No one let him, let him in the sukkah. He went from sukkah to sukkah, and nobody let him in. And finally, someone told him that the B'ditshev Rebbe is the one who says that you can't go into our sukkah. B'ditshev Rebbe won't let, not, let me go into the sukkah. Why can't a Jew go into a sukkah? So he went to the B'ditshev Rebbe himself, to his sukkah. He said, what is this? B'ditshev Rebbe says, I'll let you come in the sukkah on one condition. The condition is that you have to forgive the promise that I made to you. You have to absolve me from the promise I made to you. What was the promise? But we have to go be with the Bishop everywhere in Ganeidim. So he said, if you absolve me from the promise, then you can go into my sukkah. The guy was a little bit like, well, that doesn't, that doesn't seem fair. He, he, now he's stuck in Medisha for sukkahs, and he, he said, no problem. I won't, let me be in the sukkah. I won't have Ganeidim. I won't, have, I won't be with you in Ganeidim. It's okay. So Medisha Rebbe, he's after Yontif was over, he said to him, I uh, want to now tell you that I'm going to fulfill my promise and you will indeed be with me in Ghanai. 
Now he's really confused. Why do he first of all promise that he's going to have Ganadin? Then why do you take away the promise? And then why do you give him the promise again back? What's going on? So the answer is like this. This should have said to him that he wanted that this man should, should not just get this Ganadin, this promise for free. He wanted him to earn it. And when he had this opportunity of being in Ganadin, and he gave that up for the sake of a mitzvah, of sitting in the sukkah, so then he merited, he deserved the Ganadin. Not just he was given the Ganadin as a gift with the business, but he wanted him to earn it. Didn't you want him to think that you can get Ganadin just by a gift, but you have to earn it, you have to, you have to work for it. So you see from the story a couple of things. Though. In the fact that the Shavarebbe promised him Ganadin in exchange for a mitzvah, that's not such a hard thing to understand. The Shavarebbe is a great tzaddik. And although, in order to fulfill his promise, you probably have to lose a lot of his heaven, what was in store for him in heaven to fulfill the promise, but he's a tzaddik. So the tzaddik gives up his heaven in order to be able to do a mitzvah. The real hero of the story is this man. This man gave up to be with the Medish of Rebbe in order to do this mitzvah just one time. So it really tells us the power of a mitzvah, which is very in sync with this idea of going beyond yourself, beyond your desires, and focusing on what Hashem wants you to do. So in that spirit, I want to tell you a few stories of Reb Marash, more specifically about Reb Marash's chassid. The Reb Marash once told his son that he had two visitors that came to him. From one of them, he had a lot of pleasure, and the other had, gave him great pain. He says he was visited by a chassid named Elia Ebeler. And he, the, the Reb Marash asked this chassid, how, how are things going? So he tells the Marash, and Rabash asks him, how are you? How are you doing? You know what he responded? He said, there's a chassid in our town named Yasef. Yasef is a wagon driver, and he had such a, such a hard time. We bought him a wagon, and unfortunately, anything that could go wrong went wrong. First, the horse died, and the wagon broke, and we got him something else, and everything is going bad for him. It's not working out for him. And he cried in front of the Marash, and he said, please, Rabbi, bless him. The things should go better for him. Zeb Rash said, you say you can't do anything for him. You've done a lot for him. We have a tradition from the Baal Shem Tev that when a Jew has pain for another person's pain, and a Jew asks Hashem for another person's pain, he takes away from him any decrees against him in heaven. When a Jew feels bad for another person, and he asks Hashem, please have mercy on this other Jew, so Hashem takes away from him anything that's being said against him in Shemayim, that, that he's deserving of anything negative, just by having pain for his pain, that takes away anything negative. Another occasion, the Amrash said, the thing is also the opposite. Baal Shem Tov says that when a Jew blesses another Jew and he's happy on the Jew's happiness, he, that's accepted by Hashem, like the prayers of Rabbi Shmuel, the Kohen Godel, in the Beis HaMikdash on Yom Kippur. So anyways, Amrash said to him, you could do a lot for him, and this, and he gave him a, a, a coin. And he said to him, I want to be a partner with you. And Eli Eveler is aghast, be a partner with me? Does Rabbi know who I am? He is, I am the choymer, I am the material, it says in Tanya, and the only way to rectify this kind of material is through breaking it. You certainly don't want to be a partner with me. That's, that's who the Rebbe Hashem the son, Rebbe Hashem, he had great pleasure from this custom. On the other hand, another person who visited him did not bring him pleasure, he did not have any nachasim, he had pain. And his, this man's name was the Mishnah Eliezer. Rosie, why not close the door of the kitchen? Thank you. The Mishnah Eliezer was a prominent a prominent, prominent rabbi, and the, when he visited the uh, Rebbe Marash, Rebbe Marash asked him, 
how are things going in your town? How are things happening? How, how are things over there? So the God, he told the Marash, well, we have a, we learn a class together in Gemara, and we learn Chassidus, and we daven. And Marash said, okay, what about the character traits? How about the Midas? How is the character traits being affected by the people in the town? Are they, are they, in other words, you may be teaching them things, but are they learning something? Are they actually absorbing and learning and changing and being elevated in their behavior? He said, they're like rich kids. Rich kids, in other words, they're like spoiled kids. And, they, and, and their, their kindness isn't the way it's, it's, they're not really, their behavior, in other words, leaves much to be desired. So Emrah said, the, um, the issue is, is with their teacher. Their teacher has to work with them. And if he would devote himself to them, they will, they will be elevated. I want you to go back there. I want you to ask each of your students to give half of the money that they received from the, as a dowry. You know, these days it was customary to get a dowry from the uh, parents of the bride uh, to help the young couple get started in their life. I want to tell them they should give half of their dowry to a fund, uh, to a loan fund. In other words, they should make a loan fund for people who need loans, people need to borrow money. They, each person, every student in the class, every one of these young, young married people should give half of their money to, um, to uh, this fund to lend stock to others, to lend money to others. So this, this the Mishnah Eliezer tells Rabbi Marash, he says, they're not going to listen to me. You're asking me to do something which is impossible. They're not going to say yes. Then Rabbi said, you should tell them that if the money that they, if they will not give this money, this money won't belong to them anyways. Not gonna, if this money is meant to go for tzedaka, and if it won't go to tzedaka, they won't be able to use it for anything else anyways. And therefore, they should give the money where it's meant to be given for the sake of tzedaka. And then the Ramashad, next time you come, give me better news. That's what Ramash told the Mishnah Yezer, and that's that's what he meant when he said doesn't have some he, that from the one person he had pleasure from the first one of Eli Ebler, who was had pain for his friend of Yesa, the Balagalal, Yesa, the wagon driver. And from the other one, he did not have so much pleasure from this great God, this great genius, God of giant, who was a rabbi, he didn't have pleasure from him. That's, that was the story with uh, Rabbi Elia Ebler, the Mishal Yes. But what I wanted to share tonight was an audience, a, a, a private audience that the Rebbe Arash had with his son, Rebbe Rashab, in which he told him about two chassidim. And he, 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 want, he made a clear contrast between these two chassidim and for the purpose of, of telling us the kind of lives that we need to live. In one chassid, whose name was Nechemi Zalman, from, from um, Nechemi Zalman was from, I'm in a second, Shvinsiyan. Nechemi Zalman was a incredible Torah giant. He was someone who learned from Rabbi Michal Apotzker. Michal Apotzker was a chassid who had divine inspiration. He was a great Torah genius, and every second of Nechem Yazalman was used for the right purposes. He would serve Hashem with great strain and effort. Every morning, he would spend six hours preparing for davening, and with his towels over his shoulders, he would learn chassidus, preparing for davening, and then he would start davening every morning at nine o'clock in the morning, and he would daven for six hours too. He spent a, a, a good 12 hours on his davening. Six hours preparing for davening and six hours of davening. In the wintertime, he would, he would daven mincha and maira right after shacharis. And in the summertime, he would go home, he would eat, rest for two hours, and then daven mincha and maira. 
So he would literally spend his whole day serving Hashem in prayer and davening, and he never had to work because uh, for many years he was supported by his um, father-in-law, and then his and the, the, the agreement was that he his father would take care of him for forty years, forty years, and afterwards his wife ran a store, so he never had to do any work on, by his own, by himself to support himself. Instead, he spent all of his time learning, and he was a great genius both in the revealed parts of Torah and the inner dimension of Torah. When he would visit, he, he loved solitude, he loved being alone, he loved to think and, and, and delve into a concept in Hasidus especially. When he would visit the city of Lubavitch, he would do the special prayer that Tzadikim called, called, he, he would go to this riverbank where there was a little forest, he loved staying there and learning there and praying there and uh, spending so much time learning and learning and praying and davening. And as he is there in the uh, riverbank, there was a little hut, a little sukkah, sort of, sort of. And he would sit in that sukkah and he would just think, concentrate on Hasidus. The Rebbe Marash said, I am called of it, the Rebbe Marash said that he told Rebbe Rashab that he said, I would go to that riverbank just so that I could look at him, just so I could look at his face and see the way he thinks, the way he's, he's, he's totally divested, many material concerns, and he's totally focused on thinking Hasidus and Torah. He just, he just got to see him. He was such a prominent, uh, a, a prominent Hasid of the Tzemach Tzedek that he was invited, he was the first person to be invited by the Tzemach Tzedek to a special... Um, Events. Tzemach Tzedek would have it once a year on Shavuos. He would have a special event where the, the top rabbis in the world would visit him and they would discuss Torah. He would tell them about the teaching of Hasidus. He would discuss learning, discuss, discuss deep, deep, deep um, Talmudic concepts. So the first one to invite this with this Rabbi Nechemi Zalman. So he was an incredible servant of Hashem and using all of his time to serve Hashem. But, said the Reb Marash to his son, the Reb Rashab, I want to tell you about someone else. Reb Yosef Hillel Droyer. Reb Yosef Hillel Droyer, he was educated by the Alter Rebbe's Chassidim. And he learned from the Alter Rebbe's Chassidim that the main thing in serving Hashem is helping other people. It's not about your personal um, um, uh, achievements in the service of Hashem. The highest thing, most important thing is to help another person. So Reb Yosef Hill, he took this to heart. He could have had a much better job with a much more comfortable um, livelihood if he would teach Torah to older people. But, um, but he, uh, he specifically, he um, uh, taught Torah to little children. He taught Torah to little children only because of his, when he learned from the older Hasidim of the Alter Rebbe, how life is all about giving and helping others. And so he spent 50 years teaching Torah to children. So the Rebbe Rash told the Rebbe Rashab that you have to compare and consider the difference between the Rebbe Nechemia Zalman and Rebbe Yisaf Hill. On the one hand, Rebbe Nechemia Zalman is this incredible Torah genius. Every moment of his is spent serving God with the best of his ability, with sacrifice. On the other hand, the one who is fulfilling the intent, the purpose of why Hashem sent the soul to this world is Rebbe Yisaf Hill. Because the soul didn't come down to this world just for its own perfection. The soul came to this world to help and inspire others. So, the Rebbe Marash told the Rebbe Rashab 
about another chassid who did a similar thing to Rabbi Yosef Hill. He said Rabbi Yosef Hill, by the way, he was a, a Hasidic teacher of little children. And he planted into the heart of these children a sense of reverence for Hashem, Yura Shemayim, in such a way, said the Rabbi Marash, that all the winds in the world, that means whatever things going on in the world, it wouldn't take away from these people who were educated by Yabes Hill their sense of fear of Hashem. It wouldn't weaken, not just it wouldn't take away, it wouldn't even, their, their sense of reverence for Hashem wouldn't be weakened at all by whatever, whatever happens in history to them because of the strong roots that a Hasidic Mulamid puts into a child. All the winds in the world cannot uproot the strong roots that are set into a child by a Hasidic Mulamid. That's, and such a teacher was a basic hill. So for 50 years, he was teaching little children. And that's, he was fulfilling the intent of what the soul, why the soul comes to this world. Unlike the Mechemin Zalman. Mechemin Zalman was doing a lot of great things, but it was only for himself. However, Yosef Hill, he fulfilled the intent of why the soul comes to this world, give life to others. Then he told him about another guy. Another guy whose name was Reb Shmuel Chaim. Reb Shmuel Chaim was a rabbi who was sent to a very difficult position. He was sent to a position in the city of Lutzin. In Lutzin, there were a lot of people which were had, they were in a state of jealousy and fighting and discord and a lot of hard times going on over there. And they came to Marash, asking the Marash, please send us a rabbi. So this Shmuel Chaim, who became the Lutzin the Rabbi, the rabbi of this town, he realized the difficulties of the town, but he didn't ignore the difficulties. He put his heart and mind to help people in this town, and he was successful. He had sacrificed to teach them the ways to have good character, and the Rabbi told the Rabbi Rashab, he, he fulfilled, he and the base of Hill, they fulfilled the true intent of why the neshama, why the soul comes to this world. Many years later, the Rebbe Rasha repeated to his son, the previous Rebbe, the, this audience that he had with Amarash, and he explained to him in great detail how the difference between these two Hasidim is sort of like the difference between Rabbi Akiva and Avram Avinu. Both Rabbi Akiva and, and Avram Avinu were incredible scholars. The Kiva, we know the whole oral Torah we have is because of Rabbi Akiva. Avram Avinu, he began the time period of Shnei Lachim Teira, Tezna Talmud, that the world exists for 6,000 years, and the second set of two millennia is called the two millennia of Torah. The two millennia of Torah began with Avram Avinu studying diligently the Torah. Besides studying Torah, Avram had sacrificed to spread Galinus. And so did Rabbi Akiva. Rabbi Akiva was arrested for 10 years, Avram Avinu was arrested, but there was a difference between Rabbi Akiva and Avraham Avinu. Rabbi Akiva, he looked for sacrifice. He looked for opportunity of ways that he can give to Hashem. When, at the end of his life, when the Romans were peeling his skin with the iron combs, his students were looking at him and he was smiling. He said, how can you smile in such pain? He said, I said, my whole life, I was waiting for a chance to fulfill the words of the Torah to give my soul to Hashem. And now I can finally give my soul to Hashem. He was happy to be able to give his life to Hashem. But there's a difference. Rabbi Akiva looked for opportunity to give to Hashem. Avram Avinu wasn't trying to hurt himself or to give of himself. He was trying to do the... Avram had a different intent entirely. Avram Avinu's mission was to share Hashem to the world. Share godliness to the world. To, to inspire people to believe in Hashem. If he had to have sacrifice, he had sacrifice. But it wasn't about him. Uh, the Rekiva was about his own, his own service of Hashem. 
his service of Hashem should be in the most perfect way for Hashem. That's the way he served Hashem. So he, 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 he liked having sacrifice. He enjoyed the sacrifice. But that was another way of him giving to Hashem. Avraham Avinu wasn't about him. So the Rebbe Hashem told the previous Rebbe, there are two major differences between Rabbi Akiva and Avraham Avinu and these two Hasidim we're talking about, the Nechemya Zalman and the Rabbi Sivhil. One difference is, Rabbi Nechemya Zalman is working for himself only. Rabbi Yosef Hill is working for the community. Another difference is, when you're working for yourself, it's about you. When you're working for the community, it's about you're pushing yourself on the side. It, 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 that's like you're being like Avraham Avinu, not thinking about what you're going to gain. You're thinking about what is the intent of Hashem. So, the Rebbe Rashab said prophetic words to the previous Rebbe about this subject. Unbelievable. He said, I want the students of my yeshiva, yeshiva Tenchat I want the students to be like Rabbi Yisif Hill and Rabbi Chaim. I want them to be like them, and so that, and, I, and he said, I'm muftah, I know for sure, I know for certain, that wherever they will go, then he said these words, and they will go everywhere to all countries. He said that you know, so many years ago in the city of Lubavitch, when Lubavitch was so small, he said, these students will go to all countries, and there will be a time, he said, when when darkness will cover the earth, and yet through these students, the light of Hashem will shine to all these countries. That's what the Rebbe Rashab said. So wherever they will be, and they will be everywhere, said the Rebbe Rashab, they will receive the bracha of the Alter Rebbe. What's the bracha of the Alter Rebbe? The Alter Rebbe gave a blessing that Hasidim, wherever they are, they will be successful in spreading Torah and Judaism. And then the um, Rebbe Rashab said, the promise of the Alter Rebbe is stronger and stronger in every generation. Because in every generation, we have the additional prayers of the subsequent Rebbes. So the Alter Rebbe, the Mitl Rebbe, the Tzamaq Tzedek, the Rebbe Arash, the Rebbe Rashab, the Friedrich Rebbe, our Rebbe, the Baal Shem, the Magid, their prayers are continuous for all their Hasidim to be successful in spreading Torah and Judaism and Hasidus. And because we have the additional prayers of all the tzaddikim in every generation, therefore the blessing of the Alter Rebbe intensifies that Hasidim will be successful in spreading Torah and Judaism. And then the Rebbe Rashab said, the vessel to receive the blessing of the Alter Rebbe is to have Messir Snapesh, is to devote yourself entirely for the benefit of the community. To leave to throw away your own personal self for the benefit of the other, and especially for the benefit of, um, of the community, not just the benefit of one individual, benefit of, of the rabbi, benefit of the community. The, uh, another occasion, the, the uh, previous rabbi, the rabbi Rashab, was at a meeting in Warsaw, and there was a group of people that were gathered together Ostensibly, I think, was for the purpose of, of raising funds for the Yeshiva Tenchatim. So before um, they made the appeal, one, they, one of the um, members of the, one of the people that attended the meeting, a wealthy businessman, he said to the, those attending, he says, the Yeshiva of Tenchatim, this Yeshiva has produced many rabbis and many shachtim. And Rebbe Hashab commented and he said, the purpose of the Yeshiva Indeed, many rabbis and many shachtim were produced by this yeshiva, but the purpose of the yeshiva is not to have rabbis and shachtim. The purpose is to have soldatim and sebir, to have soldiers. 
that that they should have um, that they should have this steadfast resolve to to keep the Torah and its mitzvahs. The shortly after the yeshiva uh, began and Stalin came to power and the yeshiva had to go underground and there was such a change, such a dramatic change in the world. So it became impossible to um, to to keep Shabbos. And many people, many very religious people who before before Stalin came to power were keeping Shabbos, they said, oh, we, the only way to, to survive is, is to work on Shabbos. But the, the, those educated in this yeshiva had a whole different perspective. Their perspective was that if it's not for the sake of Hashem, I'm not there. And somehow they were successful then to overcome the challenges that they brought about through Stalin in the subsequent many, many, many years of sacrifice. And these students of the yeshiva continue to be successful in with, the, with the marching orders. The Marash, the Chathila River. River again means the world says, if there's no way out and you can't go over the obstacle, can't, you can't avoid the obstacle, then try to, try to go over it. The Marash said, go straight over. I was once talking to my grandfather, about this. And he said, doing the River is difficult. I said, why is it difficult? If you're in a state of going over, you're like, you know, like Abraham Avinu, when he was going to the Akedah, and he was like, I'm just going to go, and not paying attention to the, to the challenges. I'm going, I'm focusing on Hashem, and I'm focusing on the mission. When you're in that zone, isn't it easy? The grandfather says, well, once you're in that zone, it's, it's, it's easy. But you have to decide you want to be in that zone. Decide, as soon as you wake up in the morning, the River. Decide that you want to you realize the main reality, the true reality is Hashem, and therefore don't look at the, the difficulties, don't look at the hardship. Yerozi, you know, when Avraham Avinu went to the Akedah, on the way to the Akedah, it was a huge river, a huge river, and Avraham Avinu didn't know how to get past the river. You know what he did? He went into the river, and the river disappeared. It wasn't even real. It wasn't even real. It was the Sultan of the Yitzhahara pretending that there was a river there. And so too the Rebbe says that every Jew has to focus on what Hashem sent him to do and not focus on the challenges. And just, and just say this is what has to happen. It's going to happen. Through that you overcome all the obstacles. Eib shall help us all. Each of us shall overcome our obstacles. There are no obstacles. Go straight over. Because Jew is connected to Hashem. And this Sukkot who should celebrate in Yerushalayim with Mashiach. The Simchot Uivav. And we have a Chathila Ribe. The joy and gladness of heart. A good yontiv, a good yontiv, a good vach.